The LA Clippers looked like a team out of sorts and brand new on Monday night against the Knicks in James Harden's debut, but it should only go up from here, right? In what ways will James Harden best help the LA Clippers going forward? And an update on Mason Plumlee's injury, a little Terrence Mann injury update, and looking forward to the game in Brooklyn on Wednesday night on today's Locked On Clippers. You are Locked On Clippers, your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, sir. You were locking in with the Clips. Thank you for making Locked On Clippers the first listen of your day, your team every day. I'm your host, Darren Vizieri, born and raised in L.A. and going into my 19th season as a Clipper fan, or should I say just began my 19th season as a Clipper fan. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DimeDropperPod and subscribe to my own YouTube channel, Dime Dropper, for even more L.A. Clipper content. And Locked On Clippers, free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube, where I need you to subscribe. Let's keep getting that number up. And I want you to tell me anything in the comments. Let me know which ways you think James Harden is going to help the Clippers the most. And in this episode, we're going to be discussing those, starting with pick and roll, what being a third option means, and then an injury update on Mason Plumlee, Terrence Mann even, and looking forward to the Brooklyn game. But before we do that, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action than now. So many different ways to bet. Spreads, player props, over-unders. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. But let's start by talking about the ways that James Harden can help this team. Now, Obviously, we know how I felt about the trade. I didn't want it to happen. But James Harden still will help us in ways. No doubt about it. And just because I didn't like it, as I said so many times, does not mean I'm going to be right. I've been wrong plenty, and you guys know that. So James Harden, the biggest way, in my opinion, that he's going to help this Clipper team is that he is the best pick-and-roll player this franchise has had since Chris Paul. Obviously, in his prime he was even more of a pick-and-roll threat than Chris Paul because he was a better scorer than him. But go, you know, just talking in terms of as a clipper, he's the best we've had since Chris Paul. He is going to get so many easy baskets. Ideally, I would hope, for Vita Zubats and Mason Plumley when he does return. And honestly, a lot of guys on the team with his pick-and-roll reads. But Biggs, I mean, you saw the way Clint Capella played with James Harden. And Joel Embiid, of course, is Joel Embiid, but James Harden helped him become the MVP. Now, granted, he had those similar stats before Harden showed up, but that pick and pop guarding those two, I mean, the Clippers got swept last season by them, and the pick and pop guarding them was insanely difficult to stop. You can even go back to see those episodes on Locked on Clippers YouTube of me talking about guarding James Harden and Joel Embiid last season. And it was tough because with Harden, you got to go over the screen. Unlike Westbrook, who you, everybody goes under the screen, you have to go over the screen on Harden. And he does a really good job of reading. He does a very good job of reading the defender and going around, getting into the lane and ha- hitting that runner, you know, off one leg. And also 
in his prime, he was really strong. He used to elevate well at the rim, no problem. Now he doesn't elevate the same way, but now he's, unlike in his prime, he's actually taking mid-range shots, which I think diversifies his, you know, how hard it is to guard him potentially. If he had that in his prime to me, I know Mike D'Antoni and those guys didn't encourage it, but if he did, honestly, I think he could have won him an extra playoff game or two, believe it or not. That's just my opinion. But I liked seeing that in the first game. And I think when Harden takes the mid-range, takes the floater, obviously you got to respect his three ball. You always are going to get a help defender coming. That big in drop coverage, if they are playing drop coverage, is going to help. He is one of the best pocket passers, as, as pocket passers, as I mentioned in the last episode, that the game has ever seen. So ideally, Zubats should be able to score a lot of easy points. But the way Vitsa Zubats has been playing so far this season, I'm not very confident in it. He has had a tough time catching the ball, despite the fact that he has been receiving some difficult passes when it comes to Russell Westbrook especially. But Harden, those pocket bounce passes, he does a really good job of putting just the amount, right amount of speed on it, of velocity on it. And Zubats should be hitting those one-handed push shots and getting easy baskets under the rim, no problem with Harden. If he doesn't, then that may be a zoo problem. Mason Plumley, when he comes back, I think when he plays with Harden, he's going to get a decent amount of lobs. It's just, now you go think to yourself, with Harden, do we get, try to go out and get a lob threat for a center, a true one. Mason Plumley, you know, I think at times, he's not the typical, like, lob threat. He's a little on the older side. So even though he can catch lobs pretty, you know, at a decent rate, it's not like Harden can just throw it up by up by the rim and he can just go get it. You know what I'm saying? It kind of feels like a perfect situation when we get Mason with the alley-oops. If we could get a more athletic center, that would be maybe the move. Now, overall, it's not just the bigs that are going to benefit from Harden in the pick and roll. It's the other guys, even Paul George and Kawhi, because... There are going to be a lot of easy shots. They're going to be attacking closeouts. I think Norman Powell is actually going to work well with Harden. But attacking closeouts, attacking a rotating defense, a scrambling defense, that could get Paul George and Kawhi some easy shots. So James Harden, I think his biggest utility on this team is pick and roll city. That's what it is with Harden. One of the best pick and roll players of all time. He gives us some of that that we didn't have with Russ because I liked our offense working out of the out of the mid post and out of the elbows. And out of a little bit more transition, I really enjoyed it. But the Clippers went and got James Harden, so they didn't really fully buy into that. Now we have a real pick-and-roll maestro in James. So coming up, going to be talking about what being a third option has shown from James and what it means, what the advantages of it are. Going to be talking about that coming up. I got to tell you a little something about Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the best daily fantasy entry app out there. With basketball season in full bloom, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, you can go with Luka Doncic plus Cooper Cup at a Ten and a half combo of receptions plus threes. 
PrizePix even offers a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets hurt. For football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and doesn't return in the second, that player is rebooted. PrizePix is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. And with the way things are going in the NBA, sadly, right now, you are going to need that. Go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA and use code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Just go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA and use code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. PrizePicks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Thanks for making Locked On Clippers your first listen every day. Every day is tomorrow in the show. Going to be breaking down what happens in the Clipper game against the Nets. Hopefully James Harden's first win as a Clipper facing his former team where he was the third option, which is perfect for what I'm going to be talking about right now. Third option James. Third option James was actually a guy who, had he not gotten hurt, that Brooklyn Nets team was looking like they were going to beat the Bucks. Their offense when the 12 in the 12 games, I believe it was 12 games that Kyrie Harden and Durant played with each other, they looked really tough to stop because Harden as the trigger man, still running pick and rolls with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving moving off the ball and working quickly off the catch and then a little bit of staggering, you had always one of them in at all times. It was tough to guard because, especially when they were out there together closing the game, you have three guys in isolation that are super hard to guard. And at that time, that was before James Harden had the hamstring injury. And he has really lost a step since then. Really lost a step. He was MVP caliber still around that time. Kevin Durant, he's also lost a step, in my opinion, as well, with the various injuries that he's had. But that being said, James Harden is a third option. I think would have beaten that Bucks team. It seemed like it was consensus. That Bucks team, as good as they were that won the championship, they had a lot of really low IQ moments in that series against the Nets. And they just didn't look like they were able to keep up defensively. They weren't able to play good enough defense to stop the juggernaut offense of that Brooklyn team. And Brooklyn was just playing solid defense because they actually had a guy like, you know, Bruce Brown and Nick Claxton. We didn't fully know how good defensively they were at the time. But now looking back, the team wasn't as bad defensively as I remember. And Kevin Durant is absolutely no slouch defensively, and I think he played good defense in that run. But the point is, James Harden cooked the Celtics in that first round. Now granted, that Celtics team was no Jalen Brown, no Al Horford. He wasn't on the team anymore. They had like Evan Fournier, old Kemba Walker that was not nearly the same player that he was pre-pandemic. It was just... Um, that's that Celtics team it, to beat them in five games with a fully healthy Kyrie, KD, and Harden. It doesn't show me much. It was just Tatum on an island, really. But the next round was what was impressing me. And James Harden as a third option not only would have beaten that Bucks team. No, no doubt in my mind they're going to beat the Atlanta Hawks. No doubt in my mind. So then it comes down to do, do they beat the Suns? I think they probably would have. But if we want to do that for the Nets, we can maybe do that for our Clippers. And I'm taking our 2021 Clippers, baby. Sorry, James Harden. Point is, though, the Brooklyn Nets looked like a championship team the last time we saw James Harden as a third option. The last time we saw, or should I say, the last time we saw James Harden as a third option, he was the team looked like he, they were going to win the championship. 
So that's something to be happy about. He is still as good of a second option as he was with Philadelphia. He came up short. You know, he wasn't good enough in those last two games. He looked disinterested, and he became really passive. And you know defensively he's not going to offer much. Now he's back as a third option. And think about it this way. Most nights, James Harden's going to be getting the third best defender perimeter-wise on the opposing team. And even though he doesn't have the same burst one-on-one, especially going to his left, he will still cook a lot of these third option defenders, third choice. I mean, having that is an extreme luxury that I don't think many people, sometimes even including myself, have acknowledged. I had to think about it a little bit, and I'm like, man, James as the third, getting the third best defender on him. Like, let's say we play the Warriors, right? Obviously, Wiggins will guard Kawhi. And then you'll have... Clay Thompson guarding Paul George, probably. Oh, my God. They might be in trouble. And so is Steph guarding Harden? No, no, Steph will probably guard Westbrook. And then you probably put Clay on Harden. Yeah. Draymond on Kawhi? Yeah, that sounds about right. That's what they would do, I would assume. So you know what? That doesn't actually sound as bad as I thought. Can Clay get... I mean, Clay was not looking good defensively last year. And he... Looks okay so far. I got to watch more Warriors games. But can he guard James Harden off the bounce right now? I don't know. Against the Lakers, for example. Okay, Cam Reddish was guarding Paul George. He did a good job. They had various big guys guarding Kawhi. But one thing I've noticed is, and LeBron in the first quarter, who was getting torched, by the way. But what I've noticed is the Lakers really struggle at the point of attack right now. And it's their guards, D'Lo and Reeves, especially D'Lo, that have really struggled so far this season. So now are those guys guarding James Harden? Because I'm taking Harden against Austin Reeves and D'Lo. So it changes things. Let's talk about Phoenix. Okay, Josh Okoge is going to guard Kawhi. Actually, no, I'd say maybe KD would guard Kawhi. Eh, Josh Okoge on Kawhi, KD on Paul George would sound about right. Devin Booker on Harden. That, God, that's not even that bad, to be honest. But you're, you get my point, though. James Harden as a third option, it's going to be tougher for defenses. And he's going to have the ball in his hands first or second most. And that's not even necessarily a bad thing. First, maybe it is a bad thing. I'd like the ball in Kawhi's hands the most in terms of literal time of possession. That's not the same as usage rate, by the way. Usage rate is a calculated formula, very complex, that is skewed a little bit more to shot takers. But James Harden, I think he should be the guy with the ball in his hands the second most, probably. But then again, like, I love what Russ brings to the team, and I love his connection with Paul George. Harden, for sure, closing the game, though, that third option thing where he's going to be getting the third best defender on the court, that's going to matter in the end of games because James Harden closing is for sure better than Russ. There's no doubt about that. So, yeah, third option, James. I think that's something to look forward to. And coming up, going to be looking forward to the game against Brooklyn. We won't have Mason Plumlee, but will we have Terrence Mann? Going to be talking about that coming up. 
I gotta tell you a little something about FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. You got basketball season that's really going strong right now in the beginning, in-season tournament stuff coming up how about the clippers right right now they're the fourth favorite second to last to win the pacific division plus 500 i'd honestly put my money on that because when this thing gets going with harden we are going to be a great regular season team but where you got to do that FanDuel. visit fanduel.com slash locked on and kick off the nfl season FanDuel. Official partner of the NFL. All right, let's talk about Mason Plumley and the news we heard reported by Woj that Clipper Center Mason Plumley has a left knee MCL sprain and will return to LA this week for further evaluation. So he will not be traveling with the team to Brooklyn. You know what? What really matters here, and it was Tomara Zarley that said this uh, of Clutch Points, Clipper Beat Writer. He said the grade slash severity of Mason Plumley's MCL sprain is going to be the thing to watch here. KD, most recent notable player to deal with it. That was a grade two. Everyone's different, but it cost him 20 games and approximately 52 days. So the grade and severity is something to wa- watch for Mason. It could be a while. And how will the Clippers do that? Well, how will they navigate that, I should say? Is Musa going to be able to step in for that long? P.J. Tucker at the five? Pick up somebody off the market? Who should they pick up? Maybe that's an uh, episode idea for later this week. But I wouldn't mind seeing Wenyan Gabriel come back. I wouldn't mind it at all. So, yeah, maybe the Clippers should look into that. On the bright side, Terrence Mann. Announced that he is questionable, upgraded to questionable for the game. After watching the last game against the Knicks, oh man, do we miss Terrence. No pun intended there. We need his energy. We need his point of attack defense. We need his cutting next to Harden, next to Russ. Because as the game wore on against New York, you could just see that Kawhi and Paul George were working a little too hard defensively, and then James Harden was getting exploited at times defensively. And Russ, he didn't have a very good defensive game either. So Terrence Mann being added back into the equation, that's going to be huge. I don't know if it's going to happen. I don't expect it to happen. He is originally from the area. Or no, he's, he's from Lowell, Massachusetts. But I think he was born in Brooklyn. Let me look that up real quick. Don't want us to be spewing cap on Locked On, right? He was born in Brooklyn, that's right. So maybe he will come back. Now, as far as Brooklyn, I actually haven't watched them play a full game this season. I've watched some of their extended highlights. I saw that they beat the Charlotte Hornets for their first win. I believe, I believe they stole a game against Miami where they were down until the end of the game, and out of nowhere they came and took it. I could be wrong on that, but right now they currently stand... At three and four. And yes, they did. They, there was a game at Miami that they won. They beat the Chicago Bulls right after. So they had a three-game winning streak. And then they just played the two 
most feared teams in the East, or should I say the two favorites to win the East, Milwaukee and Boston. Those were both in Brooklyn, and they lost them both, but not by very wide margins. So I think this game is going to be a tough one. Of course, the Clippers are still looking to integrate James Harden into the fold. Expect Kawhi Leonard to get the most shot attempts in this game. And something to watch for the Clippers, Cam Thomas. He's been on an absolute tear this season. And if you remember the last time we played him in Barclays Center, he absolutely destroyed us. Thankfully, we had more talent than them and got the job done and got across the finish line to win that game. But he's averaging, obviously, a career high. 29 points right now. 29 points. Clearly the favorite for most improved so far. And he's shooting 48% from the field. So that's something to watch. Then you got Mikhail Bridges, their best player on the team, averaging 22. Lonnie Walker coming off the bench, averaging 15 and a half. And you have really solid defensive personnel with Dorian Finney-Smith, Royce O'Neal, and Ben Simmons. Remember Ben Simmons? And Mikhail Bridges, of course. Remember Ben Simmons? He looks like he's a little revived, only averaging 6.5 points, but 10.8 rebounds. So 11 rebounds a game and 7 assists. So... Looks like Ben Simmons is playing his best basketball since 2021. So it will not be an easy game by any stretch of the imagination. Cam Johnson, he played against Cleveland on opening night, but he got injured, so he will not be playing. And then Nick Claxton has also been dealing with an injury. Nick Claxton, if you remember from last season, the guy is a fantastic defender, one of the best in the league. He also got injured after the first game, so he will not be playing. So in that sense, it looks like the Clippers should really win this game. They really should. We have way more talent. You could argue that our fourth best player is better than theirs first. Is Mikhail Bridges better than Westbrook? I'd say he probably is now. Am I going to get a lot of hate in the comments for that? I, probably, I, I think Mikhail Bridges is better than Westbrook right now. Let me know what you guys think. Is he better than Harden? Let me know. It's going to be a tough game. I think we should win, but who knows? The no Mason Plumlee thing is going to be a tough thing to deal with. They have good guys that can throw on our best players, so it's going to be a tough game, honestly. I don't even know if I, I think we should win anymore, but we'll see. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dime Dropper Pod. Subscribe to my own YouTube channel, Dime Dropper, for even more LA Clipper, LA Sports, and NBA content, and Locked On Clippers. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. Please subscribe. Hit the notification bell so you know every single time we post a video. The only five-day-a-week Clipper podcast. Please do. Let's get us up to 4K this season. It's been a little bit of a long time since we reached a, you know, from gone from 2K to 3K, reached a whole number. I want that 4,000. So come on, Clipper Nation. Let's keep on moving. Let's keep on pushing. Let's surpass some of these other teams and show them that we are Clipper Nation. And we're more than just 29 people, as the jokes like to say. The age-old proverb continues, go Clippers.